0: Everyone and welcome again to Writers Backstage. Uh, This is Hayat Badawi and uh, my co-host Munal bluey How are you, Muna? Hello, Hayat. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. Uh, It's getting warmer, like the the atmosphere around us. I think. uh, Yeah. You know, uh, winter is almost over now. So.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thank God. Actually, I, I can't wait for spring. I love
0: spring. Yes. Um, uh, spring is, is a beautiful season, uh, I don't know, um, uh, but it's it's still hot, right, in Saudi Arabia, like as a season, right, for, for spring. Yeah,
1: but uh, it, it's a time where you don't, you know, um, use AC as much, yes. and you open the windows, and the breeze is so, you know, amazing. So, yes. even though it's short, but yes. still, we have the beautiful few days of spring here
0: yes definitely um so today uh we have uh like two interesting topics um i'm gonna tell you about uh, arab american uh, or uh, the arabs in american cinema and then uh, mona uh, would you like to tell us what you're gonna talk about yes i'm going to introduce
1: today's listeners to uh, Mikhail naimi or Mikhail naima uh, who's uh, an arab american poet yes very interesting
0: So I'm gonna start off by, uh, and I got this from uh, an article by Dr. Lawrence uh, Michalik. This is, I think, how they pronounce his name. And it was uh, originally published in 2002. Um, uh, And so it's kind of like an essay. So I'm gonna try to read like the most important parts for you. Um, So he starts off by uh, uh, showing how a fiction stranger, than truth, the cinema Arab. And so he talks about the characteristics of Arabs in the cinema. And he says, he he starts off by writing, uh, there's a proverb that says, truth is stranger than fiction. However, at least in the case of the Arab world, it's not really so. The real Arab world makes sense. Uh, It is the fictional Arab world, the world of novels, cinema, television, and other media that is strange. It includes the desert sheikh uh, abducting white woman, the sorcerer on the flying carpet, the Arab oil tycoon, the tyrannical uh, potentate, the census belly dancer, the authentical Islamic terrorist, and more. So these disturbingly negative images are deeply ingrained in American public culture. We learn from such images that the Arab is fundamentally different from us and this has important consequences. So the short article, uh, in this short article, uh, he examines the stereotyping of Arabs in, uh, in one popular medium, which is the cinema. And um, he looks at uh, the image of Arab in the movies and how it has changed in recent years, offering some thoughts about the causes of these negative images and what, if anything, can be done about it. And so um, he starts off by uh, cinema about Arabs, uh, talking about the succession of genres. So cinema is undoubtedly the area of American popular culture that offers the richest and most detailed picture of American stereotype of Arabs throughout its historical development during the 20th century and into the new millennium. So American cinema i'm sorry american cinema has been fascinated from its very beginnings with the idea of the arab Uh, thomas edison built america's first film studio in 1893 in west orange new jersey and one of his first films designed for a coin operated viewer box was the dance of the seven veils moving pictures later progressed from viewer boxes uh, to theaters spreading throughout the world especially throughout europe and the united states so after World War One, with Europe in ruins, America moved into preeminence in world cinema, a position it has never relinquished. Really and so um, he starts by giving up like uh, examples of uh, kind of uh, uh, movies uh, or like genres of movies. So he starts off uh, with the Sheikh. And so he says Americans in the 1920s, or I'm sorry, he, he writes, uh, Americans in the 1920s fell in love with exotic melodrama about sheikhs, such as The Song of Love, which is like 1923, A Cafe in Cairo, Cairo 1924, The Arab, 1924, A Son of uh, Sahara, 1924, and, and you can see the years um, here, uh, The Desert Bride, 1928, and others. Uh, the earliest and by far most famous of these is the Sheikh, and it's, it's very well known. Uh, in which Rodolfo Valentino plays an Arab who abducts a white woman, and this violates the established social order, under which European men can have uh, native uh, women, but native men oversex, lusting after white European women must be thwarted. So the conflicts in Valentino movie finally finds a racist resolution. when we learned that the Sheikh is not really an Arab uh, but a European separated from his parents as a child, so that's one kind of uh, genre, I guess the, the American cinema uh, was popular for um, portraying these Arab uh, Arabs, uh, I guess in the movies. Um, and then you have the uh, he talks about the genre of fantasy and magic. And so this genre includes movies such as The Thief of Baghdad, again 1924, Kismet, 1920, 1930, 1944, 1955, and The Wonders of Aladdin, which is like 1961, uh, which presents the Arab world as a fabulous land of snake charmers, monsters, great wealth, half-naked women, harems, flying horses, and the like. In this genre, Baghdad is a projection of American fantasies, a place where Western taboos are violated and where even the laws of physics are suspended for flying carpets, magical ropes, and cloaks of invisibility. So the thieves and adventurers who are the main characters of these magical movies are lazy, thieving, violent, and oversexed, but handsome and not without charm. And uh, did people believe that Baghdad was really like the movie? And one reviewer wrote that Baghdad might have been short in the lands um, it, it is supposed to picture. That is, uh, that it is authentic, uh, is not questioned for clever people have aided in its making and persons who have visited some of the faraway regions agree the picture is beyond criticism uh, in that respect. And then we, he moves on, because uh, I don't want to take a lot of time, but he moves on to talk about the gender of the mummy And then uh, an exotic setting for Europeans uh, and then buffoons and tycoons Uh, and then he goes on to talk about the Arab-Israeli conflict and how that's portrayed in cinema too but yes I found this like article very interesting because it does show like the progress of the Arab image in cinema and that's important because um like Arab writers and Arab American writers are trying to fight these stereotypes uh constantly and I think uh one way of doing that is highlighting how that picture has changed and it should continue changing for the better for Arab Americans yes so now I'm uh, gonna hand the mic over to Mona M- Mona. Yes. Uh, thank you Hayat. Uh, so, so today, uh, dear listeners, we're
1: going to, you know, I'm going to introduce you to uh, Mikhail Naima. He was a, a Lebanese author, uh, a philosopher uh, and poet of the New York Penn League, who was born in Lebanon in 1889. Um, and uh, in 1811, he moved to United States, where he attended the uh, University of Washington, Seattle. After graduation, when he moved, to, uh, he moved to New York, where he, along with Khalil Gibran and the eight other writers, f- uh, formed a movement for the rebirth of uh, Arabic literature, which is the New York Pen League. He was the vice president and Khalil Gibran was the president. The Pen League, or Rabat al-Qalabiyya, was the first Arabic language literary society in North America formed by, first by two Arab American writers and subsequently reformed in 1920 by a larger group of Mahjari writers in New York led by Khalil Gibran, uh, thus the beginning of the Mahjar uh, Literary Movement. The Pen League was dissolved following Gibran's death and uh, Naima return to Lebanon where he lived for the rest of his life and died at the age of 98 in 1988 in East Beirut. Uh, Naimi's poems are collected in a book called Eyelid Whisperings or Hams al in 1945, which contains a collection of meditative poems written in both Arabic and English. Naimi was widely recognized as one of the most important figures in modern Arabic letters, composed poetry which focused almost exclusively on spiritual matters. Uh, The style of poetry that Naimi introduced to the Arabic reader uh, became later an influence on modern Arabic uh, poetry and poets. Uh, Also Naimi was a biographer of uh, Khalil Gibran. The first biography was published in Arabic in 1934, and it was later translated into English and reprinted in 1950. So for today, I chose for you a poem titled uh, Autumn Leaves. Uh, it must be noted that uh, it, it must be noted that this poem was originally written in Arabic, titled uh, Awraq al kharif So, in autumn leaves, the poet says, "Spread over the earth, O joy of the eye, ballroom of sun, O swing of the moon, O organ of night, and O guitar of dawn, sign of the restless, art of the wayward, memory's total glory." The trees have cast you off. Dress our earth, touch leaf to leaf, the shadows of the lost. Then raise your head to the vast blue. The past will not return. And once you leave all friends behind, dance your heart to the caravan of fate. Touch leaf to leaf, cast no blame on branch, wind or cloud. They cannot soothe, they cannot reply. Time is ripe with wonders, spreads awake of ruins, stills desire, and does not heed a plea. Go on, blame no one back to the arms of the earth. Turn the wheel once more, forget your faded beauty, the past will not return. How many roses before you bloomed, and how many had did fate? Do not be afraid, fate is not of fault, Je- the jewel we have lost. We will find again in the grave, go back to the arms of the earth, and the, you know, uh, and that's it's, uh, that's uh, the uh, poem. Um, it's uh, noted to you know, uh, it's interesting to note that this is a symbolic poem about acceptance, about uh, about accepting human condition uh, of age and time and uh, of our mortality. It's a beautiful poem, and the original in Arabic is even more beautiful. It was even turned into a song sung by none other than the jewel of lebanon jarat al-qamar herself Fayruz, in a song titled tanafari and uh, that's what i have for you today hope you
0: enjoyed it uh, back to you hayat yes thank you so much i know um like uh naima he has like uh he wrote the book in merdad and uh, it was originally written in english and then he translated it into arabic it's interesting to see like the like how they uh, use like language differently in initially writing in English and then translating it into Arabic uh, that's I found that really interesting kind of reminded me of uh, Beckett um, when he wrote uh uh what was it uh waited uh, waiting for Gudo it was written in. it wasn't written in English it was written uh, in another language then translated I guess or the other but way it, around. but interesting yeah yes yes thank you so much that was so uh, uh, nice um and uh, was good to hear about uh like one of the founding fathers again uh, and i think it's always good to remind our l- their listeners about uh, these very well-known, uh, I guess, Arab American writers, uh, and, uh, yes, uh, please look for more, um, uh, episodes from me and Mona and, uh, enjoy listening, uh, to, uh, our podcast, uh, and, uh, see you next time. Thank you, Mona. Thank you, Hayat. See you all next time.